Blog Talk Radio. You are solely responsible for your interactions with other listeners of the Love Zone USA. You understand that the Love Zone USA does not in any way screen its listeners, nor does the Love Zone USA inquire into the backgrounds of its listeners or attempt to verify the statements of its listeners. The Love Zone USA makes no representations or warranties as to the conduct of its listeners or their compatibility with any current or future listeners. In no event shall the Love Zone USA or Blog Talk Radio be liable for any damages whatsoever, whether direct, indirect, general, special, compensatory, consequential, and or incidental, arising out of or relating to the conduct of you or anyone else in connection with the use of this service, including without limitation bodily injury, emotional distress, and or any other damages resulting from communications or meetings with other listeners of this service or persons you meet through this service. You agree to take reasonable precautions in all interactions with other listeners of the Love Zone USA, particularly if you decide to meet in person. In addition, you understand that the Love Zone USA makes no guarantees, either expressed or implied, regarding your ultimate compatibility with individuals you meet through listening to the Love Zone USA. The Love Zone USA. The Love Zone USA.
Hello. Hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Mike T on the Love Zone U. Hopefully you can. The Love Zone USA, the place where you can listen to your heart and we live and learn. We're here to educate, elevate, and entertain. And most importantly, we're spreading love all over the world. Hopefully my good buddy is listening because I need his help tonight. Mr. Uh, Jordan, if you're there, <laughs> let me know that you can hear me. So uh, I'm going to keep talking until I get this uh, music set up. But we've got a special show for you this evening, as we always do. It's a gentleman that I've um, known from a distance for many years, and uh, we kind of uh, coordinated through Facebook, and his name is Kareem Abdallah. He has invented a uh, karate system, the KA system. And uh, you're going to hear about that and hear about his history. And this, ladies and gentlemen, we a uh, proud pleasure to bring a legend on this show. He is a legend, and you're going to find out why when we talk about his background and what he's done in the uh, world of self-defense. And he's from Newark, as I am as well. And uh, he's going to be on the show this evening to uh, – Talk about some upcoming things that we're going to uh, help him create awareness about. And uh, we want you to stay tuned and make sure that you uh, stick and stay for this one. Tell your friends on social media, whether it be Facebook, uh, Instagram, or Twitter, that they need to tune in tonight. Because we have the legendary Mr. Grandmaster himself, Kareem Abdallah, on the Love Zone USA. And for those of you who have uh, thought about self-defense, you'll get it from a grandmaster, a master himself in the art of self-defense. So it's a show that, as we say, we're here to educate, elevate, and entertain. I think you will uh, get all three tonight on the Love Zone USA. And be sure to uh, note that if for any reason you have to leave out tonight, I know it's uh, starting to rain out there. I had a hectic day today. If you have to leave, well, you can check us out tomorrow on iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher.com. We're on Apple, iTunes, and Spotify. So there's no reason to miss this show. You can always catch it on podcasts later. Our shows are always recorded and there for you to enjoy. As we're going to continue right now and just kick things off, don't worry, my co-host will be here this evening. She'll be stopping in just a little bit later, and I'm here to hold the fort down until then. And I guess she'll be arriving around 8.30 or so, and then we're going to get right into his uh, life and interview with Kareem Abdallah on the Love Zone USA. But right now, it's time for me to play a little music. This is Kelly Clarkson. Yeah, it's entitled Heat, and that's what we're bringing to you tonight on the Love Zone USA
That's Kelly Price, and it's my time. You better believe it is. This is Mike T, 8 o'clock. Well, actually, it's a little after 8. Yeah, here on the Love Zone USA. We got more music coming up right after this. Want to generate more traffic and sales for your business starting now? Well, here's the marketing tool you've been looking for. What about advertising your business product or service to singles? Well, everybody knows. Singles have the most money to spend, and the LoveZoneUSA.com has accumulated the largest audience of singles on Internet radio. They've done this through a variety of shows discussing sex and controversial topics in the areas of relationships, dating, and marriage. They've also attracted celebrities to their show who are known by millions of listeners and fans, like The Temptations, divorce attorney Raul Felder, Gloria Allred, and Danny Glover. Your business will be exposed as a sponsor of a variety of shows with universal themes featuring love and music, celebrities, sex, and other controversial topics, offering your business maximum exposure to singles who have the most discretionary income to spend. So contact one of our business consultants today so they can show you how you can generate more traffic and sales to your website by becoming a sponsor of the LoveZoneUSA.com. And all you have to do is send an email and uh, just uh, title it sales at thelovezoneusa.com. And just put in commercial in the subject line, and we will get back to you. Well, today I had a long day. Ooh, it was uh, pretty, pretty long, but it was uh, very um, fruitful, as they say. I uh, am uh, proud to announce that I uh, pitched for the casting uh, agents at Shark Tank. That's right. I pitched about uh, the business that you've heard me comment on the product here on the Love Zone USA. It's uh, that masterpiece portable Bluetooth amplifier. So I pitched today at Shark Tank, and it was uh, kind of uh, daunting to hear that uh, they, I guess, interview 40,000 applicants each year. And out of the 40,000 for their uh, season that they air on Shark Tank, Only 88 are chosen. Well, I hope I'm one of those 88. But uh, as I've always said, no matter what the outcome, my motto is to try is to succeed, and to not try is admittance to failure. And I will never admit to that. For those young people out there, we can always try. And when we do, we can compete. So don't ever, you know, throw your opportunities away. And make sure you're prepared for it when the time comes. 40,088 chosen. Hopefully I'm one. And if I am, you're going to be the first to hear about it. Right now, we're going to continue with more music. This is something brand new that uh, we featured here last week, and we're going to do it again. It's uh, by this young lady. But before I do that, I want to remind you that in about, um, I guess, 11 more minutes or so, uh, we're going to have a featured guest that we're going to be interviewing and talking to. He's a legend in the self-defense world. His name is Kareem Abdallah, and he's going to be here on the Love Zone USA. It'll be my pleasure to interview this legend, for sure. A pioneer in his craft and uh, creating his own uh, self-defense system called the KA system. You're going to hear all about it in just a little while. Right now, I'm going to take you into this new music by this young lady named Beyonce. It's a, uh, I guess, a cover of the record done by Maze that is so famous during the warm weather, where here's her version of it. It's entitled 
before I let go on the Love Zone USA.
Hi, this is Phil Perry. And when I listen to love songs, I listen to Love Zone USA with Mike T. Doesn't get any better.
Perry, that's a new one. It's a, got a new dress on, actually. You know, he recorded that song when he was with the Montclairs, one of the songs I used to just play in my bedroom on the 45 spindle, and I call it a reject record. You just let it reject and play over and over again. He's done it now as a solo, and uh, I just love that song, Dreaming's Out of Season. No, it isn't. If you've got dreams, you can make them come true. Like I said, today has been a long day, and I uh, was out there uh, over in New York at Jacob Javits Center, and I appreciate all the the uh, well wishes on my Facebook page. You know, it's a pretty pretty daunting task to try to take on things, and you have a team, and you're working, and, you, and everybody's pitching in, and then there are some things you that I do that I you know know I have to do alone, um, but your um, well wishes were very well appreciate it and and I appreciate your support. It's just know that uh I really do appreciate that. It's good to know that people are behind you when you're trying to step out on something and stepping out on faith. And uh all you can do is do what you do and you know, leave it in the hands of the man above. And that's what I'm gonna do at this particular point. So like I said, you know, out of forty thousand applications, they only choose eighty eight. And all I can do is just as we say in sports, leave it all on the floor. And then after that, I have to do what uh, Sean Jones and the Believers say. And this is the kind of music you hear on Sundays here on the Love Zone USA with our host, Tasha Little Queen. And when we return, I think we're going to come back and talk to our guest, Kareem Abdallah, the creator of the KA system. We'll be back. But like I said, when you're pushing to do something, and you give it your all, and after that, all you can do is what Sean Jones and the Believers say, the kind of music you'll hear every Sunday from 4, 4 p.m. on the Love Zone USA. We call it the Hip Hop Christian Connection with your host, Tasha Little Queen. This is a song simply entitled What I Believe In. I'm depending on you on the Love Zone USA. <laughs> Growing up as a child In my mother's care My mother told me He would always be there Oh my Now I'm a grown man Can truly say Jesus, he ain't never Left me alone Every now and then I have to tell him Lord It's alright to clap your hands I am On you Is there anybody listening to me Ever tell the Lord that sometimes Jones, she would always be there. 
in these parts, and you're going to hear about his life story tonight. We're just going to spend some time with him. His name is Kareem Abdallah, and it's my pleasure to bring him on the radio right about now. Kareem, are you with us? Yes, I am. Kareem, good evening. Welcome, How you doing? Welcome. It's, it's lovely to be with your show, be a part of your show. <laughs> We're glad to have you. We are excited and glad to have you today. Karima, you know, naturally you've had a long you know, your period in this uh, self-defense world, um, and you've done, done a lot of things. Why don't you tell our audience just a little bit about your background, where you grew up, and just the early beginnings, and uh, what made you get into self-defense? All right. I, I was raised uh, in the Phyllis Food Project. They called the Little Bricks at uh, 113 Road Street, North New Jersey. Um, I was just a regular kid until I, I saw the art of karate. I was playing basketball, actually, and a friend of mine named Charles Moore and another friend of mine named Chancey was play fighting. But uh, I noticed that, uh, we noticed that Charles was in a, a different type of stance and he started throwing kicks. And uh, he was like five five six, and Chancey was like six six four. Eventually, Chancey subdued him, but Charles held his own for a good while. And afterwards, you know, we went up to Charles, especially me, and I said, oh, why was you fighting dirty? And he said, that wasn't fighting dirty. That was karate. Back in 63, we didn't know what karate was. I said, what, karate? And he said, yes, uh, it's a Japanese style of fighting. So I said, where, do you learn it? where did you learn it from? He wouldn't tell me. So that evening when his mother came, I went to his house and asked Mrs. Moore. I said, your son was, uh, I said, Charles was fighting and throwing kicks. I said, where did he learn that from? <laughs> so she told me where it was, and uh, eventually I went down there and, and joined the school. That was my father. Wow. That was 19, 1963. Um, wow. And it was funny, when I uh, when I started going up the steps to go to school, I heard a lot of noise. <laughs> and it frightened me. I'm 17 years old. But when I got to the top of the steps, I turned to the left and to the left again. I saw this karate teacher, and um, I told him I wanted to learn karate. And I was here. I heard a lot of punches, a lot of kicks, a lot of sound on my right. And I looked over there. I saw this big guy beating up this little guy. I said, I don't want to learn that if I got to fight that guy. And the teacher, <laughs> I was about to leave. I was about to leave. And the teacher stopped me and said, uh, Don't worry. He said, if, if you come here, he said, you won't have to fight them anytime soon, and when I teach you, you'll be ready to fight anyone. So I said, you sure? Nice. He said, yes. And I joined the school, and I never left the karate world since then. Hmm. Now, wow. the thing is, uh, I became, I would have been the world, a world champion at the age of 19 in 1964. But um, back then, they wasn't giving points to, um, it wasn't giving points to black guys, put it that way. Uh, it was predominantly uh, Oriental and Caucasian, and we was in Chicago, and uh, I fought two in the uh, eliminations, uh, three three guys. I beat all three of them, and then they put me against the former world champion. His name was Lula Zotz. I'll never forget it. Um, I whipped them all around the ring. We had three three overtimes, and they finally gave him a point. And that was the end of that. But I was selling noise ever since then. I've been looking for him. You know, at the contest, I would look for Louis Zod. I had pictures of me whipping him. 
and uh, it never came about. But uh, other things did come about. But one thing, after my teacher died in the plane crash in 1966, I retired from karate. My desire to, to train and want to be world champions was all in the past. But the children in the project brought me back. Every time they would see me, they would say, teach me karate, Kareem. Teach us karate. I would say no time after time after time. But one day uh, they came to me, a whole lot of them, about, about 20 or 30 kids, and said, teach us karate, teach us karate, teach us karate. I said, I only know how to teach. He said, but you beat everybody else. He said, why don't you teach us karate? And before I could give another answer, Mrs. Hansford said, boy, you better teach those boys karate, those kids karate. So I couldn't say no to Mrs. Hansford. So I told the kids, I said, I'll teach you. But you have to make sure you, you come every day to train. They said, yes, we will. Yes, we will. And I started training them in the projects in the uh, Phyllis Food Court every day, six days a week I trained them. Wow. Um, yeah, right after then, um, people started asking me to open up a karate school. And I, I didn't have a job, didn't have any money. But I asked three friends of mine, Tony Shipley, Garfield Davis, and Timmy Miller, uh, I found out that the uh, the school, I, the place I wanted to get was like, was $150 a month. So I asked them to give me $50 a piece. They gave me $50 a piece and opened up my first school. I didn't have to leave, a, a, a you know, any advance money. I just had to pay a, a month's rent, month to month. And that was my first school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 491 Springfield Avenue. But the thing is then, uh, Mike, I didn't know how to teach. Because remember, I didn't want to be no teacher. I just wanted to be a fighter. And I remember the first class I had, it was only about four students. And uh, when I got on the floor, uh, I, like, froze. And when I looked up, I saw one student that went to my former school. And these are the words he said to me. He said, take your time. And when he said that, that was the beginning of my teaching career. And I've loved it ever since. Hmm. Hmm. Wow, that's (laughs) awesome. What a story. (laughs) I oh, yes, that's, that's, just, awesome. that's just a little tip of the iceberg. <laughs> yeah. I have a whole lot. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, one of the main, what, one of the main things is in this modern day and time, I am the first American to create another form of fighting in karate. Right. Uh, when karate was here the, uh, years and years ago, uh, it, was, it was a certain format. You know, Shotokan had a certain way of fighting. Ishiru had a certain style. Taekwondo was a certain style. Guji was a certain style. And I didn't adjust to any of those styles. And a creation came to me while I was sleeping. Different moves hmm. used to come to me. And uh, I lived in my karate school, and I would get up and practice the moves. And eventually the dreams kept coming, so I started writing what I was practicing, you know, from the dream down on paper and then teaching it to my students. And then later on, you know, I realized it was a fighting style. The first style was a mix-up. I started teaching that to my students. We started going to content. Hello? I was the first, not just the first American, but I was the first black man in the history of America to ever create a karate system. Back then, no one wow. was calling black instructors masters. They would call them sensei yeah. or teachers. I made them call black men masters back then. And because I was the creator of a karate system, you know, I had to prove it. My students proved it and I proved it. And um, I had to be the highest rank. And the highest rank in karate is called 10th degree, judo. It's Japanese, judo. Mm-hmm. So 
So I gave myself mm-hmm. my belt. And they used to say, why did you give yourself the belt? I said, Yamaguchi, when he came here from Japan, you didn't question him about his belt. You didn't question Master Yama about his belt. Why are you questioning me? So I fought back mm-hmm. there in the 60s to get justice for uh, not just blacks, but anyone that they were depriving, you know, their creation. But no, no yeah. black instructor had a red belt. I'm the first one to put one on in 1971. Wow. Now, wow. a whole lot of guys wow. say they have a, you know, a lot of guys say they have a degree now, and some of them say they have a style, but they don't have it written down. They didn't produce no champions. They didn't prove their style. They just given themselves titles, a lot of them. But I had to prove mine. Yeah. That's wow. just a little bit. What, yeah. <laughs> Give me some questions. What a I like to talk. Yeah, what a movement and inspiration. So do you think your style of fighting, I mean, if you had to pinpoint or if you could pinpoint, do you think there's any prominent style from all the mainstream fighting styles that are out there? There's so many different fighting styles. But guess and I what? know MMA. Well, MMA is not a style. MMA is a, a way of fighting. That's, that's different. I was doing that back in the 60s, so I, that's nothing new to me. But let me give you this information. All the karate guys now is fighting in two of the styles that I created, but they're not giving the cage system the credit because I've been off the scene for the last 15 years. But I'm back now, and they're going to realize where it came from. <laughs> back and now better I have than a, ever. Yes, well, I have my, my, my documentary is, is out now, and we're, we're going to do a motion picture. I've been trying nice. to tell some of these uh, filmmakers that, you know, for years and years and years, a long time, that we could do one. They was yeah. talking about money, money, money. I said, I just need a filmmaker. Just sit down and put it together, and money will come. And finally, yeah. this young man named Shahid, Shahid film, Filming, uh, he called me and said, we're ready to do your, your movie. So that's what we're working on now. And it's yes. all now, all the karate guys now, now dig this, all the karate fighters now are fighting in two of my styles. But they always tell, hmm. they telegraph most of their punches and kicks. So I'm here to show them mm-hmm. how to do it the right way. So it's going to be something. Mm-hmm. It's going to be something. I'm living my life all over again. And I've yeah. never been this happening in a long time. Round two. So do you know when we can be expecting the documentary or movie, or do we have an ETA on that? Well, we have. I have the documentary now. You know, I'm advertising on uh, Amazon, eBay, and my website. And, um, the movie. And I'm doing yeah. it, but, you know, the, the, no, the, the documentary. You know, we're going to make a movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, a movie is going to be different from a documentary. You know, the documentary, just give them a – that's the first thing that I put together. Not me, actually. It's this filmmaker named Robert Parham in California. He did it for right. me. And um, but now to have another a local filmmaker, because I have to be on the scene while he's doing this here. You know, I have to uh, – we're going to have auditions. I have to cast the guys. we got to get somebody to play me when I was 17, 18, 19, you know. And uh, yeah. it's going to be – It's a process. I, I've never, yeah. I haven't been this happy in a long time. Well, I tell you what, I know somebody that I'm going to vote for to uh, play you. It's your son. And when we come back after this music break, we're going to talk about him as well, someone you've trained and uh, brought through the, through your system. And I saw a video of him, and, uh, yeah, when they say the apple don't fall far from the tree, let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about that and see if we can nudge uh, Kareem to allow his son to be in this movie. I kind of think we might uh, might be able to do that. We're going to come back with more of Kareem Abdallah here on the Love Zone USA with yours truly and uh, my co-host, Fallon. But right now I'm going to take you into some 
Isley Brothers. This is entitled Summer Breeze on the LoveZoneUSA.com. Blowing through the jasmine in my mind 
Yo, what's up, y'all? This is Charlie Wilson, and you're listening to... The Love Zone USA, where you can listen to your heart, and we live and learn.
we've got more of Kareem Abdallah on the Love Zone USA, and we're going to come back with more of his interview in just a minute. So you stick and stay. We'll be back right after this. Often imitated, but never duplicated. The LoveZoneUSA.com, where you hear the best lawyers. Hi, this is Gloria Allred. I'll be on the Love Zone USA. Doctor. I am a uh, licensed professional counselor here in Atlanta, Georgia. I specialize in love relationships. Author. My name is Ralph Richard Banks. I am also the author of Is Marriage for White People? When I need to lead the weapon against the challenges of love, I'll call on the Love Zone USA. This is Danny Glover. And music on the internet. The premier station discussing dating, relationships, sex, and marriage with common sense advice where you can listen to your heart. And we live and learn on the LoveZoneUSA.com. I guess, but don't forget tomorrow night, uh, Fridays, we do the uh, Tony Diamond Countdown, the top seven songs of the last seven days. You can check them out right here on the Love Zone USA doing the countdown. That's every Friday from 8 to 9. Be sure to check them out. We're going to come back with our guest right now, Kareem, talking about that movie yep. and uh, people that play you. What about your son? Uh, and tell, tell, tell us uh, how you got him involved in the uh, you know, self-defense and karate system. Well, I started Omar at a very early age. Actually, with the infancy of the creation of the system, I used to have him sitting down in my dojo. When I used to be training, he used to be crying. <laughs> so, so he started at an early age, and um, he took off later on when I started doing what you call hard point karate. He showed up, and I didn't even know he was going to show up. He became the light heavyweight champ of the world um, in hard point karate. Uh, but he didn't pursue karate um, like I did, not even close. Um, he's now just in the lifting, you know, you know, lifting weights. I mean, uh, it's okay, but you know, um, you know, that's that's his choice. So I don't know who's yeah. going to play. You know, we're going to have we're going to have auditions to see because they have to be able to, uh, you know, be able to play the part. Now, so now you're. Thinking, your instructor, your instructor, uh, that was that was uh, Cheatham, if I'm correct. Uh, yes, James Cheatham. Yes, James Cheatham. Why don't you tell uh, our audience a little bit about his uh, background as well? Because he was your your teacher. So, yeah, tell us a little bit about his background and what 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 um, you know made him great. But but James Cheatham, he's called him James Chichi Cheatham. Um, he was an outstanding teacher. He produced um, a few champions. One with name was Prentice Newton, myself, Kareem Abdullah, and uh, Infidishi Massey were the top students in his class. And I remember one time in New York, they were asking different teachers um, to say a few things about their school. And teachers were up there, you know, talking about their students and what have you and their ability. And the only words that my teacher mumbled to the audience was, you can tell or 
you can captivate how good I am by the way my students fight. So when he said that, they even pumped me up harder, higher, to try to be the best of the world. Um, he was an outstanding teacher, and he died at an early age, 25 years old, in 1966, in a plane crash. Wow. And what I'm doing now, what I'm doing now is, on my DVD, I have his pictures. I have his pictures on all my stuff, because without him, it wouldn't have been me. So always acknowledge a James Cheatham. Um, you know, so. and I don't like to talk too much about it because it gets me a little teary. So, you know, I don't want to. You know, that's not how I like to think. When they see, when they hear about him, just imagine me. Me, he said, judge him by the way his students fight. So you judge Kareem. Mm. I mean, he's the, he was the top of the line. Wow. You know, something wow. I heard in your um, in your uh, interview, you said uh, emulated but never duplicated. That's what I say about the cage system. They may emulate it, but nobody can duplicate it. The creators, they're mm-hmm. alive, though. So they're going to see the real thing again, all over again, from 1963 to 2019. And it's incredible. So Yes. You mentioned that you've been gone for 15 years. So why? I did, I did what? You mentioned earlier that you took about a 15-year break. Um, yes. And now you're coming back with a bang. But what? Uh, what was your motivation? Why did you take the break in the first place? And what was the inspiration to come back and re- rebirth yourself into the the culture? Well, the, the 15 years was like a transition. You know, uh, karate, you was, I wasn't making money in karate, so I had to, after my school caught fire, had to do other things. I thought I went into the boxing, training fighters, um, uh, just doing other things to to make it. You know, you have your ups and downs in life. Yeah. And that was, a tra- yeah. that was a transition for me, but karate was deep down in my heart. And I'm a photographer by yeah. trade, so I was doing my photography. But the love of, of karate always stayed with me. And I remember mm-hmm. when I was promoting mixed martial arts and it wasn't successful, I wasn't getting the, uh, the support that I should get. My sister said, mm-hmm. uh, you need to go back to your karate. And that was the key yeah. word. And then I started back to my karate. Um, so, you know, God gives, when God gives you a gift, he doesn't give it to you for you to just throw away. And exactly. that the gift of creating, creating a system of karate was a gift. It was a gift from God, I tell everybody. I didn't sit down and say I wanted to create another style of fighting. It came to me in the mm-hmm. dream, and I wrote it down. And uh, I have, you know, mm-hmm. and I have seven styles, 18 in between styles, with total 25 different ways to fight. And prove that everyone is a fighting style. And I produced champions in each, each fighting style. So I did what I had to do. Yeah. I did my homework. Now it's time for the creator to come back to show the world the beautiful cage system of karate. So it's something that's deep and better than me. When I was in the gym, you know, I, I trained by myself, and I and I was oh, I was the first karate person to start training the music and doing karate music. No one was doing that before me. And the magazines used to yeah. say it was non-traditional to do it. And I told them they trained the music in Africa, they trained the music in Israel, they trained the music in Ghana. I said, how can you tell me I can't train the music? And everybody's training the music now. But it came from a guy mm-hmm. named Kareem Abdullah. I did it first. And that could be that could be verified in the magazines. Anybody try to dispute it, that could show them in the magazines. Yeah. There's no there's no other system 
in karate that really trained the music. I mean, people start, just started doing it because they saw me doing it. And, but in the 15 years or, or more that I was away, they started copycatting. That's all. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I think this is a great time to open our lines. I know you have fans all around the world. I mean, they do. They don't call you the Muhammad Ali of karate for nothing. So definitely want to open the lines for our callers. Anybody who wants to call in and speak to Kareem and pick his brain and ask him questions, fans. Um, feel free to give us a call. Our number is 347-539-5729. Again, that's 347-539-5729. Call in and talk to the man himself. There's not a question that you ask me in karate I can't answer. <laughs> Speaking of Muhammad Ali, uh, uh, Kareem, how did you how did you get to work with him? I you know I saw you at his training camp, and uh, why don't you tell our audience right. how you met him and uh, how you got a chance to work with him? There was a young man uh, named uh, Rockmod. He used to be a, used to be a jeweler. I remember one day he was telling me he said, "Well, we go on to Muhammad Ali's camp tomorrow, which was a Sunday. Said, Do you want to go, Kareem?" I said, "No, I don't want to go. I want to I want to go to this camp." He said, oh, brother, come on, go on, go up there. The brother's a nice brother. You should come with us. I mean, it would be great for you. So I said, you sure? He said, yes. So uh, Rahman drove me to Muhammad Ali's camp. And what a warming. I mean, he was a warm, good person. He welcomed, he welcomed us to his camp. He uh, fed us uh, dinner. Everybody that came was at the table eating. I mean, I mean, Ali was the most wonderful person, entertainer. I'm going to say entertainer or sports figure I've ever met. And he was world champion at the time. And eventually, you know, um, his wife, Khalila, wanted to learn karate, so she wanted me to come to teach her karate. So she had some lessons from me. And uh, during that time, Ali put the – she had Ali to put one of the karate gis on with my K system on it, and he autographed uh, a few pictures for me. And he said, well, wishes to the case. I still wish to be successful. And I still have that picture. And he autographed about 15 books with him on the cover. And I still have them on possession. Ali was a great, not just a great champion, but a great person. And and you also trained some other boxers. Um, tell our audience some of the boxers that you worked with and trained. Well, one in particular, his name was Eddie Mustafa Muhammad. Um, Eddie Mustafa Muhammad, he and I had a beef just before he was going to fight Marvin Johnson. He were some promoters, a local promoters. And um, Eddie had a habit of not making weight for his fights. And I was uh, a person to, you know, not play around with. If I was going to be a part of your team, you had to listen. So at the meeting with me and Mustafa, they wanted me to be his condition man. You know, the guy would get him up in the morning, make him run. When he said no to his trainer, if I said something, he would go ahead and, you know, pay attention to his trainer and do what he's supposed to do. So I was – Be quiet. I was his condition man in, at Muhammad Ali's camp. Um, like I said, my job was to wake him up, make sure he ran, made sure that, uh, you know, kept the girls away from him to uh, get ready for the championship fight. And even the boxing magazines didn't think he was going to make weight. Because he came to camp, he was a 175-pounder, but when he came to the camp, he was like 204 pounds. But I knew I could knock the weight off. 
um, just by training hard, you know, and dieting, not dieting, but eating the right foods to uh, sustain your body, but not to, you know, put weight on yourself. And uh, he made weight. He shocked the world with that. And um, I was a conditioned man. Slim Robinson was his trainer. And he beat uh, Marvin Johnson for the uh, light heavyweight championship of the world, WBC or WBA. So that was, uh, you know, one of the high points in in my training, you know, fighters and boxing. So I did a little bit of everything, you know. The mixed martial, the mixed martial art was easy. I knew mixed martial art was going to be big when they when they started it, and I started promoting local uh, amateur shows. That was outstanding, but I just couldn't get the sponsorship to step to another level. So eventually, I had to back away from it. But karate is my love. That's my love. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. So um. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. You know, uh, it's 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 amazing that um, you know, you 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 stayed in karate and you conditioned boxes as well. And and now you're talking about mixed martial arts, which is big on TV. Uh, you see it a lot on cable. Um, my thing is, with with all the different styles, you got jujitsu, ju- you got karate. When you start renewing interests and creating interests amongst people to you know let them know that the movie is coming out, who who would you say would be? the person you would choose to, um, you know, to pick some of your top students. Can you, can you think of, you know, outside of auditioning, could you name some of your top students and, and what attributes auditionees would need to have to, to emulate them? Well, you know what? Yeah. The person now, uh, I don't think too much about, well, I think a lot about the students that I taught, but right now I'm just looking for people to have the ability to catch on to what need to be done to make a great motion picture. Because many of the students, some of them left. Some of them never gave the credit to what made them famous, which was Kareem Abdullah and the KA system. So a lot of them, I wouldn't even want to be in the picture because when it was time for them to do the right thing and recognize who got them there, they never did it. So I couldn't go back and, and uh, try to award them. I don't need anybody to validate the case system, nor Kareem Abdullah. But there's one person in particular that I would want to play my teacher, and his name is Infidishi Masi. He don't even know it now. I've been trying to get his number so I could talk to him because he and my teacher was in the armed forces together, and he knew him very well. And uh, he's at a stage of his life that if he had if he played that part, it'd be great for him and his family. So I want that to happen. So, you know, that's, um, and then come you, on. Uh, <laughs> wow, your your story is crazy. I can't wait for that movie to come out. And then you were also able to work with uh, Ronald Duncan as well, which was a, a huge legendary fighter. How did how were you able to meet and work with him? Well, I didn't work with Ronald Duncan. He was one of the peers, uh, peers, piece of people on your level that I taught the martial arts. Ronald Uncle was more of a jiu-jitsu man. Um, mm-hmm. So, so we, you know, we saw one another at contests. Um, he had a fight or two days into karate contests, along with uh, Moses Powell. He had one major fighter that used to enter contests, uh, Little John Davis. Um, the strongest teacher in New York 
area was George Cofield. You know, all of them are gone now, but George Cofield had Tongs Dojo, which was the strongest school in New York for the state hmm. of New York. You know, but I came along and we was able to dominate everybody. Some fighters used to, uh, used to take off their uniform when my guys came. We were so tough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. and that's the truth. And there are some yeah. people that are still around that, that remember those days uh, and can mm-hmm. tell you about it. Um, <laughs> and that's the beautiful thing. You know, the case is like the rising of a sun. You know, you can't stop the sun from rising. And that's why I'm still here. And the thing about it, I'm still in shape. Uh, is amazing. But when God gives you a gift, it's for a particular reason. So even though the years have passed, I was able to just come back out of the midst to bring the system back to the world because this is for the world. This is not for Kareem Abdullah. The cage system is for the world. It is unlimited, it's outstanding, and it's beautiful to watch. I ain't yeah. made a rap song about the cage system. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. And Kareem, you know, tell me, tell me a little bit about you know when you uh, did the pay per view because that was back in the day, and uh, you know that that probably was the most exposed fight for the you know the the, the type of thing that you were doing back then. Tell our audience about how that came about. What came about? Um, I knew some 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 people in Newark that was promoters. And I told them that they did do some video of me training and take it back to Don King that he would get a world championship fight for me. So they didn't believe it at first. I said, just do it. Just get a, get your camera, shoot some shots, video video of me training and talking, and bring it to Don King. So they did it. They brought it to Don King. They came back to me and said, Don, want to meet you? He said he'll put a championship fight together for you on Muhammad Ali's card. And it happened. In 1975, I was the first karate person to fight on closed-circuit television, 11 rounds uh, for the World Heavyweight Championship. So just about my mouth got me there, and my mouth got me here. (laughs) So you have to talk. You know, you just can't keep your mouth closed. See, they had a long time ago, even now, they say, you know, the masters don't talk. You know, they, they they lay back. Yeah, the ones that made all the money already can lay back. You haven't made no money, but a talk because you have to talk yourself in those doors. You just can't keep your mouth closed. So I've been doing that all my life. And, you know, talk and talk. Open that door. Don't close it on me. All right. All right. And you know what? When we come back, we're going to give our audience a chance to find out how they can reach you, keep in touch, and, um, you know, just just uh, be aware of what's coming, coming up in your life. But, uh, before we do that, we're going to do some music, and then we're going to come back and give out his website. We're going to talk about, you know, how they can reach you and um, a little bit more about your life and time as a karate master. Here on the Love Zone USA is yours truly, along with Fallon and Kareem Abdallah, and we're going to come back with more of this interview right after this. But right now i got Bad Bunny, and it's featuring Drake. This is Mia on the Love Zone USA Yeah. Todos están pendientes a ti, pero tú puesta pa mí, haciendo que me odien más, porque todos te quieren probar. Lo que no saben es que no te dejas llevar de cualquier. 
Love Zone USA. The Love Zone USA. Love Zone here. Love Zone USA. And we're back. We're back with our guest, Kareem Abdallah, here inside the Love Zone USA. We've got a few more minutes, and uh, we want you to know that uh, this gentleman has been around the self-defense industry and game for a long time, and his uh, movie is getting ready to get into production. As you've heard, he's looking for people to audition, and uh, I got another question for him before we let him out of here, and then we talk about um, how you can contact him. But Kareem, if you if you had to look back over everything that you've accomplished, uh, what would you like the audience to know that is most important to you, as far as what you want them to know about your legacy in the upcoming movie? What would be the most important thing when you look over your career? Hold on. Oh, be, my be, bad. Green, I'm sorry. Draft, I, I, Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, Hello? I didn't have your mic open. Yeah, I'm I'm here with you now. Yeah, answer that okay. question for our audience. I, I didn't have you on. Being the first, not just American, but the first black man in the history of America that ever created a karate system. Um, if I had to do it all over, if it had to happen all over, it probably have been done the same way. You know, seven styles, 18 in between styles, which have 25 different ways to fight. I mean, it's just a blessing. Uh, I scare myself sometimes with, with this here. And remember, I never wanted to teach. I didn't want it to be a teacher. I just wanted to be a fighter. But that, that dream came, came didn't come to pass because of the death of my teacher. And I was just blessed to be able to create such, to create such a fighting style. And, I mean, we're not just talking about the fighting style, but I created katas that was championship katas. You know, everything that the manufactured karate, I did. I wouldn't do nothing different. So, so in, in closing, what do, what do you think it has been the problem through the years, and do you think it has changed? Years ago, we only saw, you know, Bruce Lee and uh, Bruce and Norris. Uh, you didn't see any black karate people on no. on the movies no. or the screen. What do you think in the it, past caused that, and do you think it's changed? No, it hasn't changed. You still don't see no black karate stars. I mean, uh, the industry is ran by white folks, so they make white folks champions. Matter of fact, you don't ha- you don't have to be a karate guy. Look, they made a, a picture karate kid. People think that guy's do it for real. It's just he's just acting. And, and let me let me say I don't like talking about people that that's deceased, but they still praising Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee, he was a movie star. 
I mean, he knew a little bit mm-hmm. of what he did, but he didn't, he wasn't a fighting a, a, a fighter. He was a movie star. He was an actor. And when he did exhibitions, mm-hmm. it was limited to what people could do to him. You know what I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, people people take a, a movie star and try to place, place him as a real thing. You know, mm-hmm. um, and, and it's not. Yeah, definitely. Movie and, makers that uh, I know that I've heard. Hello? Hello? Yeah, we're here. You, hear, you know, um, everyone that I've talked to that did movies, you know, they still have to run to, they have a, a concept that you have to bring a, a black star in for karate pictures. That's bull crap. Uh, Sylvester Stallone had to work hard to get his Rockies out there. He was denied, and he's a white boy. But he wasn't going to get nobody to play his part, and I wouldn't get nobody to play my part. And these guys think that you have to get a, a movie star to come there to make money? That's bull crap. You look at the uh, the black picture what's that, uh, that came out, um, and uh, they didn't have no star. It was regular guys. The, you make a, you make a, a actor out of a star by doing a good picture. You know, you don't have to bring nobody big in to, to, to draw the people. If the story is good, if the action is good, it arose. And that's what I always believed, and I believe in it now. And, you know, we have to struggle. They have to struggle a little bit, but we're going to get a, a trailer out hopefully within another month, month and a half, and see if anybody bites. If they don't bite, I'm going to bite because I'm going to keep pushing it and doing all I can to get what I can uh, to make this movie happen. And I have a film, uh, a film, a film, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, a man that, that know how to work the camera and do it, and he said he's going to do it. So I'm going on that accord. That's my dream. That's right, and it's going to happen. I see it. I see the vision. And can you know, you let, me, give let me touch audience? you for a second. You know these these guys, the rap guys, right? At one time mm-hmm. they had to go to big companies to get a advanced money and all that, and sometimes they was denied. You know what they started doing? Build, mm-hmm. Building their own recording studios in their in their house and producing Making their own. Stars. Yeah, right. They wait on you. Well, you, yeah, yeah. Man, no one ever handed handed me any money. So it's not new mm-hmm. to me. So I know how to get out there and hustle. In my lifetime, I want to complete this and let the world see it and see that as a great system so to mm-hmm. live forever. When I'm not here to be here. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, God didn't give me this gift for me to throw away. You know, he gives you, yeah. he blesses you with things for you to give to other people. And that's what exactly. I want to do. Yeah. And like they say, legends never mm-hmm. die. So your legacy will go on and on and on. And uh, can you let our audience know where we can find you on social media, Facebook, your website, mm-hmm. updates about even the casting? I'm sure there's a lot of people who even would love to be a part of, you know, the making of yes. the film. Yes. Well, our first audition is going to be on uh, May the 11th in Newark, uh, New Jersey. Uh, I could be reached at 973-343-1272. I have a website. It's ka system of karate dot com. Uh, you'll get all all type of information on there. Um, the documentary is on eBay. Uh, it's also on my website, the one I just announced. And they can always call me. I give people my personal number because there's nothing private about me. That's nine seven three three four three twelve seventy two. They can call me at any time. I give them any information. You know, <laughs> I have a lot to say to a lot of people. That's gonna change after the movie. <laughs> yeah. Why? You know, before it come out, once we get we get the trailer up there, they're gonna be saying, "Wow," you know, 
Yeah, yeah, you're going to want to throw your phone out the window after that. (laughs) No, I'm not. No, I can't wait. You know, I can't wait. Just keep on on ringing, ding-a-ling-a-ling, ding-a-ling-a-ling. I want to talk, talk, talk. And then I'm going to come out with training videos. I I think I want to make a video on the way I train now and how I was able Mm -hmm. to stay in the condition that I'm in, that I'm at right now. My weight is almost the same as it was 20, 20 years ago. So when was the last wow. time that you actually fought yourself? What? Uh-huh. Oh, had to be 20 years ago at least. Really? Not yeah. even like kind of uh-huh. like playing around with the guys for fun, you know, inside no, bed? No, the last time I fought. I, was, I fought yeah. when it was necessary to fight in karate. I mean, I had to do what I had to do at the time. Now I just have to show them what I know how to do and teach others, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, and just the train, the training will knock some people out the way I train, you know, mm-hmm. right now. So we're gonna, I'm going to come up with a videotape the way Kareem stay in shape, how he stay in shape, you know, mm-hmm. and write some, yeah. some things about, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm never on a diet. I eat to live, you know, I just try to eat the right things to stay right, you know, no meat, yeah. you know, I'm a vegetarian, you know, mm-hmm. I don't even hardly go out for dinner. I make my own meal, you know. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Well, one thing one thing I see from this Kareem is that just like they say back in the day, you know, uh, Tyler Perry, and now you got um, these shows, Ghost. What is it on uh, on Power? And you got the uh, mm-hmm. what, the other one I I, I like um, Empire. There's a black genre of movies, and now they have translated into TV. And uh, I think. If once you do your movie, I think that's going to open up the door for the young fighters out there to take a look. And when when they see the uh, attraction to it, I think that's going to open up the market. I really do. I really do. I don't. I don't think it's going to stay closed once once you break through with your movie. I think there'll be another genre of this type of movie for other. Other uh, self self defense, you know, artists to to to, to come by and, and 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 make their mark as well, and that yeah. all because you pioneered it. You pioneered it. Yeah. So Kareem, thank yeah. you so much yeah. for stopping by Love Zone USA. We're going to uh, promote your website and your social media and and keep it alive. And uh, you know, you always got a home here. I want I want to stay in touch. And as soon as the trailer comes out or. The auditions will be announced, you know, so people can contact you. And uh, like I said, you always got a home right here at the Love Zone USA for sure. Yeah. They, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. So they can always find me. Easy to find me. All right. Well, Kareem, again, okay. thank you so much for calling. Pleasure. We're going to be in touch with you. And you have a great one, man. We're, we're looking forward to it. Okay. Thank you so very much. You got it. You got it, Kareem. Bye-bye. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, that's Kareem Abdallah here on Love Zone USA with yours truly and my uh, co-host, Fallon. We're here uh, on the Love Zone USA uh, every Thursday. She and I are going to be doing this thing. And, uh, Fallon, what do you you think about, you know, what you love? Heard about Kareem Abdullah tonight. He's probably a little bit new for you, huh? Yeah, definitely, definitely new for me. But one thing I can say for sure is, um, I mean, the word legend just goes so deep. But 
to be, you know, a, a black man, especially in his day and age, to really push through and make a name for himself. I mean, that's a huge, 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 crazy accomplishment. And he has to be so proud of himself, you know. And I really am looking forward to his movie because I'm not too familiar with the whole um, fighting industry, but I am in- intrigued very much by his story and, you know, everything that he's, he's been able to accomplish. I mean, all his accomplishments in, in itself, you know, has been something to make a movie and write about. So, and I think you're right. You do have a great point when, you know, saying that him bringing his movie out again, it is going to open many avenues. And I think now is a, is a great time. You know, people are more open-minded, it's becoming a more interracial type of culture now, and I think people will be really able to embrace it. I think fighting in itself has uh, become more commercialized, and mm-hmm. there's really nothing else like what he does out there, or there's no fighting documentary. So I think it would be a great movement, and I'm excited to see to see you know the documentary itself is super interesting, and the movie I'm sure will be even better. So. I'm excited about that. Well, what I do believe also, as I've seen recently with some um, black pilots um, taking kids around and showing them, you know, that they they could also be pilots as well. And one of the mm-hmm. one of the things I saw in this uh, clip recently, it was a news clip, is that the guy said he saw one black guy and that looked like him, and then he believed he could. He could fly a plane. And I think if the mm-hmm. kids see that movie that um, Kareem wants to do, I think a lot of black kids are going to, you know, they need to see somebody like them in the movie to to understand and feel like they can do this too. You know, it's... it's yeah, it's, it's, and I, it's I think too, he's definitely... That, that window. Yeah, I think he was definitely ahead of the time as well. You know, his, he's definitely, definitely ahead of his time, and you know, sometimes it's not until years and years later where people get the recognition that they actually deserve. You know, sometimes it's not until people pass away that they get the recognition that they deserve. Boy, ain't that the truth. And on that note, we're going to go into some music right about now with a little bit of uh, smooth jazz and some Greg Caracas. And this one's entitled... Brooklyn Nights. We're going to come back. we got still some more time. We're going to talk about some of the upcoming things that we have planned for the Love Zone USA. And we'll be back with me and Fallon right here to uh, chop it up and uh, talk about what we got planned. But right now, we're going to take you into Brooklyn Nights and Greg Karukas.
when I need a lethal weapon against the challenges of love, I'll call on the Love Zone USA. This is Danny Glover. Rolls Royce, my good buddy, 
out of Philly, and he gives you all these goodies like nobody else can nationally. Also, on Tuesday, don't forget Plus Size Life. That's uh, with uh, our hosts, uh, Jackie and Zuhela. And as we always say, uh, being plus is never a negative. They cover everything from news, uh, dating, love, health, uh, entertainment, and it's all about plus-size life. And then we have uh, the Girlfriend Network. That's with, uh, well, we got um, Karishma and Nacon every Monday from 9.30 till 10.30, and they uh, do another version of Love Zone, but it's called the Girlfriend Network, you know, where women stay connected. Be sure to check it all out. Right here on this network, and I've got my co-host back, Fallon. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I sent you a couple of sh- shows that we that I was thinking about planning on doing um, <laughs> in the upcoming com- coming weeks. Uh, I didn't get a chance to talk to you. Did anyone stand out to you, or what, what do you feel about them from what uh, you remember? I definitely, yeah, I definitely think that um, Are You Compatible Part 2 is a must. <laughs> you know we can't wait yeah. a, We can't keep it going too long We gotta bring it back So definitely I think the part two of that is a must um, There's so many topics to cover You know it's like I can't do them all at once But um, I think definitely the Are you compatible part two would be good And I don't know I would actually love I bet our audience has so many good ideas for different shows and different topics. So even if they want to reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram and let us know what they would like to bring up, um, it might be cool to even do kind of like a singles mingle type thing where people can call in and kind of introduce themselves and maybe express different dating stories or um thoughts, questions, concerns that they have for the opposite sex. I think that would be a lot of fun, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're definitely going to get the audience involved, you know, for those people out there listening, yeah. And I I, I am dying to have some Love Zone, what I call profiles, you know, like a audio version of Match.com, you know, how to tell you uh, yeah. how much you weigh and uh, what exactly. you like, what you like. <laughs> yeah, you got to be able to put a, uh, a voice with the face. They always say, "Oh, yeah, there's a a voice with no face," but it goes the other way around too. We need voices because I think in a voice you get to really get to uh, get a sense and a feel for somebody's persona and how they are. You know, because you can only express yourself so much via text and describing. You know how you look and trying to describe through text what your personality is like, but Definitely, if we're, you know, if we can get them to connect on here, that would be awesome and get to know each other and give our input and thoughts and we can play, you know, matchmakers. That would be so fun. <laughs> I thought you'd get a kick out of that. <laughs> yeah, I like you. I like you. <laughs> well, it's about that time of the uh, evening where we got to uh, bid our audience goodbye and, as I always say in closing, I've enjoyed your company. I hope you've enjoyed mine. For those of you who did, uh, we'll see you another time. Whatever you do, make sure you do it with two. It's more fun than one. And make sure, most importantly, you put a little love in your life. Fallon, what do you want to tell our audience before we go go away till next week? <laughs> I want to tell them, make sure to tune in next time. Our show is going to be fun, and we're going to need you guys to call in and give us your input and ideas. So, 
please don't be shy. Call us. We would love to hear from you. And, you know, maybe play matchmaker and help you meet the one <laughs> or not the one. You never know. <laughs> not the one, but fun. How about that? <laughs> Absolutely. On that note, we're going to close out. Till next week, this is Mike and Fallon. We're signing off, and we're going to just take you on a little ride with Boney James and Jaheem here on the LoveZoneUSA.com. Till next week, ciao. Girl